Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. If I'm a Spartan fan right now, I am taking cover. It's going to be ugly. Peyton Thorne can't hit the broad side of a barn. Your coach sucks. He's no good either. I know you got Jim Harbaugh's number, but you're really going to beat them again? I think this year we have edge on these guys. I don't think Michigan State's defense is worth a crap. We know we're the better team. We just can't let bullshit happen. Back to Merrill. Looking... What they talking about now, huh? What they talking about now? It sounded good. It sounded good before the game. Thanks, Braylon Edwards. I bet you know uh, Chuck Brantley's name now, don't you? How much of this was this generational talent in Cana? We're going to win and we're going to leave with no mercy. It would be bad. For them to come back and beat us, that's not happening. Oh, chomping the wood. Here we go. And oh, here, chomping the wood and blah, da 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 Well, it's certainly not chomping the wood. I don't know about you, Ben. Uh, you can play that dramatic music again if you want, because I will introduce this show with that backdrop. I feel like I'm playing in the game, unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately for Spartan Nation. I am okay. not. But I am with a couple guys that are and a key figure uh, on the sidelines as well. I'm excited for tonight. I'm, I'm nervous for what's coming up, but it's a good type of nerves. It's a good nerves. It's an excited nervousness. It's, it's all positive. So we're going to get right into it. I'm going to introduce our guests. Uh, let's go kind of, uh, I guess, let's go clockwise, Ben. So let's run this. We have uh, across from me a superstar in his own right, Jacoby Winman. First year as a Spartan, and we like those one-year transfer guys. We've had a lot of success with them. That's Jacoby Winman. Next to him, Darius Snow, a Michigan State legacy. A, I mean, honestly, as good a graphic designer as you are a football player, a compliment on both fronts. So you're a, a legend in your family, obviously, at Michigan State as well. And a senior leader, a, a guy that is leaned on and has been leaned on for a long time in East Lansing, Xavier Henderson, to my right. Uh, welcome, guys. It's, it's great to have you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having Appreciate us. Appreciate you, yep. boss. Thank so you for nice bringing us here, man, for real. Oh, right on. I, and, you know, we've had a lot of dignitaries through here on the Michigan State front, and it's always an honor. And, you know, I don't really hide my allegiance. Everyone knows where I stand. And, you know, I'm excited, obviously, in any context to have you guys, but certainly with the backdrop of what we're facing here. I'm going to get into Michigan in great detail pretty soon. I want to sort of knock out some of the other shit early, and then we can get into the meat of it and focus the, the sort of body of the show on that. I want to address up front what I consider to be a ridiculous panic, narrative, complaining, whatever you want to call it, cynicism surrounding your head coach, Mel Tucker. I, I mean, over your shoulder, I have a commission painting of the guy. Maybe you saw in the bathroom, there's a picture of him. In the hallway, there's a, another painting of him. I'm obviously a Mel Tucker guy. But I think the East Lansing circles, the Spartan circles, are not wavering at all on Mel Tucker. I think mm -hmm. we're no one I'm talking to is, oh, I don't know if we got the right guy. Everybody still loves mm -hmm. our coach. There has been no deviation off that course at all. Where I'm seeing it, and it is prevalent, is 
on a more national basis. The mm -hmm. national media, some regional media that are more Michigan-oriented. I'm not going to get into that. But that's where it is. So I want to play a little bit of what people are saying there about your head coach, and then we're going to get into this. And, and I, I think it's overblown. I'm curious for your opinion. Mm -hmm. Panic. Panic time. Like five alarm fire. Panic time. Mel Tucker's in his fourth year as a head coach. He's 20 and 16 overall and has only had one winning season. So we haven't seen him have a winning season without Kenneth Walker. How much of a leash are you going to give Mel Tucker what the Michigan State Spartans? You saw him succeed last year, but this year when it's truly his team, the recruits are his now, are not succeeding whatsoever. You have to think this is what the future is going to look like for Michigan State if Mel Tucker's still in charge. I don't care about all the nice things people have to say about Mel Tucker. I don't care about their fan base. Tuck is coming. By the way, let me know because I've been waiting at stage for a long time. Clock's ticking. They're looking at a coach that's going to be in trouble at the end of this year. Next year is going to be a make or break year. And he just got paid the year before that. So, I mean, this is what's out there. I don't know if this is even on your radar. There's this negativity surrounding this coach right now. I, I, I'm curious where you guys land. Is that something that is penetrated the building at all are you guys aware of this negativity is this the first you've heard of it i mean we'll, i'll start with you x because you've been here mm -hmm. you know for a while what's sort of your take on this and the noise around mel tucker right now yeah well i'll tell you first and foremost honestly this is really the first i've heard of um you know all this but it's not surprising you know i mean this is people's jobs you know they get paid to do they need something to talk about um and really it's follow the money he got paid a good contract and, and so they want to see what he's going to do with it um he's not playing or we're not playing like we did last year but um the world now we live in it's social media this um you know what i mean tweet this tweet that um that's their job man and definitely it's not something we think about or, or we really even see um, within the football team, I think. So, I mean, you and Darius in particular, just because Jacoby wasn't here last year, you guys were in this at the height of the Mel Tucker hype. And it mm -hmm. was a national thing, too. It was not just regional and not just in Spartan Nation. I mean, Darius, do you, do you see any, like, difference in the building day-to-day? -day? I mean, I know you have your own situation going on with the injury and recovery and that, but there's no sort of you know, downsizing of Tucker enthusiasm on campus is what I've been told. What's your take on that? No, I mean, it's no different. It's no different. I mean, everybody is on board, you know, even though things haven't gone how we would have wanted it to go. Um, everybody, you know, the goal is still the goal. You know, we all uh, attack each day with a relentless focus is what we're all doing as a team. I mean, and as a group, nobody really is listening to the negativity. Because, I mean, if you pay attention to what outsiders and fans and people outside are really saying, you know, you get too high, you get too low. You know, it's all about uh, maintaining the word within the room. You know how we are as a team, uh, keeping the same focus. So I mean, end of the day, man, you just got to go out, put the best product on the field, and we're working to do that. I, you know, I mean, at the risk of sounding cliche, it is something to to point out. I think that even in games that are not going well, when things are starting to avalanche a little bit, uh, which we've seen a couple of times this year, the the body language is still really good on your sideline. I, I the Guys are still flocking to the ball. Like there's no, there's no sagging sh shoulder shit. I think that's more what you look for in terms of oh no, a program's in trouble. And mm -hmm. I mean, without naming too many names, but you saw that in my opinion, which is anecdotal. But with Nebraska this year, Nebraska mm -hmm. they had sort of sluggy shoulders. They they're kind of bickering on the sideline. They looked like they were at a funeral. I'm not seeing any of that with you guys. I mean, Jacoby, I know you don't have the frame of reference from last year, but you guys seem as dialed in as 
you could possibly be. I don't see any lack of focus there. Is that your take on that too? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, man, we're a process-driven team. So, you know, you got to trust the process. And um, I think that's what God's been doing a lot. They've been buying into what, you know, Coach Tuck says, what everybody else says, you know, the culture around the building. So um, I never really see nobody deviate from that. So, you know, that's a positive on our end because, you know, it's a lot of distractions. It's a lot of people out there that with their opinions – but their opinions really don't matter because at the end of the day, it's really all about us. And, um, you know, Coach Tuck just does a great job of, you know, relaying that message to us every day. You know, we relay that message to each other. So, I mean, it's it's really like one of those deals when, you know, we is is we is is we we are together. You know, it's we versus we. It's not really, you know, worrying about nobody else and what they say. So we just try to stay, you know together that's the whole thing do you notice a difference i mean this is honest anyone can speak to this do you guys notice a difference with mel tucker when he comes in win versus a loss because his mm-hmm. whole thing is the trevor moad yeah. neutral thinking mm-hmm. you never hide too low is he pretty he seems pretty like you get the same guy in the press conference you don't know whether he won or lost based on what he's saying yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i would agree that's that's pretty true um you know he he comes in we we go over the film, we talk about it as a team, and then we're just on to the next game, you know. And like Jacoby said, it's about the process. He's a – and like you said, Trevor Moad, um, rest his soul, he passed away. Um, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he, Coach Tuck really believes in that, and he gets us to believe in it. Um, but we're at a point now where it's not really all Coach Tuck's team. He he wants us to, to be our team, like a, a – a, and, and we – You know what I mean? Yeah, we got to – a very player-led team, and so, you know, Coach Tuck just has to tell the leaders one thing, and, you know, the whole team's going to find it out. And you see that with Tom Izzo, too, with the basketball program. He said, I want a player-coach team. Like, mm-hmm. that's it's, Tuck seems kind of cut from that same cloth. My opinion is the Mel Tucker enthusiasm is pretty much as high as ever in that building, on that campus. Again, I don't know anybody in my ether that's saying, oh, Tucker sucks. It's yeah. pretty unanimous. The, the one that I'm hearing in-house, not in in-house, not you guys, mm-hmm. but in the Michigan State family fan base is the defensive coordinator situation. Now, I, to the point of maybe hypocrisy, have defended Scotty Hazleton. I don't think he's the problem. I do not think he forgot how to coach. And I'm not just saying this because you guys are here. I have tweets yeah. about it. I've done shows about it. I am a Hazleton defender. You guys seem to be pretty deaf, and that's a good thing to sort of the noise, but I, I want to just get a picture of the Hazleton noise and get your read on it and just kind of go from there. So Ben, can we just throw up some of what's out there, even though I, again, I don't endorse this, but this is what people are saying. Right now, what Michigan state needs is a change when it comes to defensive decision-making. But if Michigan state does not clean up their defense and that starts with getting rid of their defensive coordinator, who's been there for three years and every year they've gotten worse. If they're allowing Washington and Minnesota to fucking roll them like that, especially Minnesota at home, we've got a problem. They make millions of dollars. Mean- it's a big time program. And they're playing like there was Ben don't break defense last year. And it's worse than last year. Fire Hashtag somebody. Fire Hazleton. Hazleton yeah. hot seat. Are we getting to a spot where maybe Hazleton won't get asked to leave after the season? Like, has it been proven? This much that on the field, the talent isn't even there, and that's going to give Scotty Hazleton an out. I am leaning toward Hazleton probably being let go at this point. 
So I'm having personal flashbacks to Pat Narduzzi. I mean, Pat Narduzzi was the defensive coordinator under Mark D'Antonio when I was a student and a few years post-graduation. And at the beginning of his tenure, it was the same exact thing. I could, I could pull up a mashup of people saying the same exact thing about Pat Narduzzi, who ended up being one of the five most respected mm-hmm. coordinators on either side of the ball in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And was, I think, the second highest paid defensive coordinator behind whoever, had, whoever Saban had at the time. I am going to go down with the ship if I have to. What's your take on this? This is the energy, I think. I do think that's a representative example of the fan base. Love Tuck, not so sure about the D.C. You guys are three defensive players. Like, What's your take on this noise, whether or not you were aware of it prior? Yeah. Um, you know, my take on it, man, you know, everybody going to have their opinion. You know, they're going to have something to say, regardless that we're doing good or bad. But for the most part, you know, Coach Hayes, he's a really good coach. You know, he does a good job with, you know, explaining everything to us, keeping us all on the same page. But at the same time, we got to work together. You know, the coaches got to help the players. The players got to help the coaches. So, um, you know, I don't really listen to too much of the noise that's out there because um, the way we are wired is to block the distractions. Um, you know, so it don't really mean nothing to us when, you know, people state their opinion or have something to say about our defense because, at the end of the day, you know, we go go out there, we go put the best best foot forward every time. And, um, you know, if they got a problem with that, it's just that's on them because we go get better each day. And the, um, Oh, sorry. I was going to nah. say, there are comments about the defense. It's not about anybody in this room. They all love you, and they all know yeah, you guys were hurt in the big, big losses. But, I mean, so just to clarify, but, I mean, the unit has been maligned in the absence of you two guys and despite your production, which speaks mm-hmm. for itself with the awards and the decorations you're receiving. But, sorry, what were you going to say, X? Uh, it's just, and no offense, really, you know I mean? You're doing the media thing. But, like I said, it, people got to talk about something. You hear him laughing right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll laugh a lot. Yeah. And you can shit on the media all you want. I do nothing you know but saying? shit on the media and, on this show. So, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, they don't and, like me either, really. And people that aren't in the situation... You know what I mean? I know, like, people understand football. I know they do, uh, and and people are smart, and they understand the game, but they don't really know what's going on. So we – Coach Hayes could call the best defense of game um, or, or specifically a specific play, and one of the players will bust the coverage and, oh, Hazleton this, Hazleton that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I see that I, – I do see the Hazleton stuff a lot on my, on my um, social media. And it, it's upsetting, but that's the world we live in now. Um, coach Hazleton is a great coach. He cares. He loves football. He loves us. Um, and, um, you know, we've had injuries. That's no excuse. Um, but we're working, you know, it, some, it's been a lack of, um, execution on our part and, you know, everybody plays a part in it. You know what I mean? Coach Hazleton hasn't called a, a, his best game yet. We haven't played our best game yet. You know what I mean? But that's from top to bottom, from Coach Tuck to Coach Hazleton to Coach Johnson. You know what I'm saying? So that's everybody's job. That's, that's some people got to get paid at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Our job is play a little football. You know, that's what it is. We got there. So do you take this stuff personally? I know you're, you know, you know, rehabilitating, but you were a key member of this defense and you're still a, a key member of that locker room by all accounts. Like, does it, do you take that stuff personally because it's so targeted at your unit? I mean, me, me personally, like I was with Coach Barnett, obviously Coach Barnett got stuck last year. And I mean, now, I mean, really this spring, I started working with Coach Hayes and come the falls full time with Hayes, really. Um, you know, I, Barnett, as for Barnett and really Hayes alone, you know, 
I've never really been with two like better football minds, especially Coach Hayes. Like uh, the way that he breaks stuff down, um, him and Coach Tuck, like you just watch film with him, and two minutes later, I've told you what everybody on defense is doing. You know, stuff like that. He's, he's a great football mind. And kind of similar to what X was saying, you know, it's not just him. It's not just X or Kobe or Chuck or, you know, or anybody that's on the field. You know, it's a group effort, you know, and everybody's got to own their 11th. If 10 people are doing the right thing and one person isn't, then it's not going to work. There's a chance that it won't work. You know, if Coach Hayes, you know, he's human just like everybody else. Nobody can call a perfect game, you know. Sometimes we'll be in a defense that just the play was just better. That that wasn't the right call, and you know he'll own, he'll own up to that when that when stuff like that happens. But, I mean, my my friend's out in the hallway, Justin Tin, who you know writer for the Athletic, and he's been on the show a couple of times. And I want to give him the credit because he had in his column uh, about two weeks ago now a breakdown of like, okay, you guys are saying don't play off the ball, but you know if they pressed, you know they had some troubles and if they backed off, they had some troubles and sometimes the matchup just isn't there. I like, I'll go down with the ship. I'm not alone on the Island, but it's getting mm-hmm. kind of lonely. Justin, <laughs> the aforementioned Justin, in the hallways on the Island with me. I think he's a good coach. I just, I don't see this mm-hmm. as a schematic issue. So I'm with you guys. I think every, the way he talks, his reputation in the industry, which you have to look at what peers say about football. People love him. I've never heard a bad word about Scotty. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm with you on that. I want to get, into the meat of the show real quick i want to pay some bills it's our new sponsor coming up i'm excited to work with them this is a cool coffee brand this is really good shit i actually have a big pot of it in the hallway i don't maybe on your way back to the best place on earth east lansing this place is honestly the best place to go it's called good vim coffee they launched very very recently so there's the site we put it up there for you goodvimcoffee.com Michigan State people get the reference, right? We're fighting with the Vim. Mm. You got a couple state grads that started this thing, and I saw them just pop up on Twitter, and I followed them and, and bought a bag without any before any sponsorship or any relationship with these guys. It's awesome stuff, and they feature a different guy on their QR code. You pull up your phone, you hit that bag, and it's pretty cool. They come up with a Spartan story, and they got a relationship with your punter right now. I know Darian Harris is working with them on something uh, mm-hmm. coming up. So check them out, goodvimcoffee.com. Michigan State guys, they're awesome. Highly recommend them. And just awesome coffee. Try one bag. Trust me, you'll be coming back. All right. I got the negative stuff out of the way. I didn't want to do it, but I'm telling you right now, if I did not address that shit, I was never going to hear the end of it. And I told you what I thought. I don't the Hazelton stuff. I, I don't think he's the problem. I like Scott Hazelton. I've been very consistent on that. And the Tucker stuff we already went over. I, mm-hmm. is, uh, no qualms about him. The Michigan game coming up. This is a looming showdown. This is the biggest game on Michigan State's schedule. At the beginning of every year, we just know it's circled. You saw the intro. You saw what people are saying on the Michigan side, on the neutral media side, neutral in quotation marks. No one's really giving you guys a shot coming up on Saturday. It's almost like a fait accompli. Rich Eisen's going on his show saying he can't wait. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a bloodbath. That's what the noise is. What's the noise inside your guys' walls? What are you guys thinking? How are you feeling? What's the mood like there in East Lansing right now? Um, well, for the most part, uh, I mean, we look at it like, you know, one of the biggest games on our schedule. So, you know, I'm kind of new here. So I'm I'm still trying to, um, you know, see like what it's really about. And, uh, you know, I, I could almost feel it in the air. You know, you could feel the tension in the air 
what the way guys talk, you know, about it, the way guys, you know, practice, um, you know, the comments that, that goes with this game. So, um, you know, it's definitely one of the games, you know, we are all looking forward to as a team. And um, I know Spartan Nation looking forward to it as well. But, uh, you know, just far as like the noise, you know, inside the building, man, it's, it's really just us focusing on us. Because at the end of the day, you know, we still gotta we still gotta be the best version of the team that we could be, you know, and play together. So um, it's not really about them, you know. You hear a lot of noise saying Michigan State versus Michigan and how it's gonna turn out or what it's gonna be. But at the end of the day, it's still gonna be about us because we gotta play our best ball, and that's the only way we're gonna come out victorious. I mean, you saw what they're saying on the Michigan side. I mean, mm -hmm. you leave the national media out of it, the alums. They said flat out they're gonna beat you. I mean, Donovan Edwards said they're better than you. They know they're better than you, and they're going to beat you. Mm -hmm. uh, multiple members of that team have flat out said it. Not saying we're preparing. We're you know we think we're better. They they are essentially a guarantee. They're going to beat you. We've been through this. You addressed it, Xavier, in your press conference last year in famous fashion, calling out Hart, uh, Braylon Edwards, who I I mean I call out every five minutes. It feels like because it's, it's fish in a barrel with that guy. But here we are again. This program has never learned their lesson. This shit's been going on since way before you guys strapped on the pads for Michigan State. I mean, this yeah. guaranteeing wins, and then we pound them. Does this bother you? I mean, as uh, I'm really curious for your yeah. opinion, because you addressed this <laughs> direct. You were famous for addressing this exact shit. Yeah. What, what do you see? You're seeing it again. What do, what do you take from that? Yeah, well, you know, I got to choose my words carefully. Yeah, choose uh, them very carefully, because they're going to blame me if you say something. That's um, <laughs> So you'll get us both in trouble. It's, you know, the day, like I keep saying, you know, the world we live in, I can't help but to see all of it, you know. And I, I ever since I've been young, I take things personally, you know, and it might be a flaw of mine, um, you know what I mean? But, like, if somebody says something, I don't care who it, like, <laughs> I'll go back and forth. On my Instagram, I've literally gone back and forth with random Michigan fans underneath my comments just because I'm... I'm petty and like I'm like I don't care. I'll respond. I got the time. Today. You had the pettiest press conference yeah. in the history of the, the program last year. So, and, yeah. Um, but no, honestly, it is a big game for us, um, and they're a good opponent. I mean, the fans are going to make of the game what they're going to make of it, um, and it makes it fun for everybody. I know it does. Um, it really makes it fun for us because it's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, and they're a good team, and we're looking forward to play the game. So maybe maybe in a year or two when I'm not on the team anymore, I can really get into the thick of things of how I really feel. But right yeah, now, Or right after for, the game, like last year. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to live with me forever, an emotional press conference. but and, you know, In a good way, though. Right. I mean, that's, you, were, you were beloved for that. Yeah. I mean, that's not a negative, at least on, on this side. I just I think it's, it's interesting that I just – I do not, and you're proving it, I do not see this stuff from the Michigan State side, ever. And Paul Bunyan is sitting in your trophy case right now, and it was sitting there the year prior. I, I just, I don't see this type of nonsense before the game ever from our side, and I, I just, I don't get why they're doing it. If I were advising them as an objective paid advisor, I would tell them to shut up to try to help them. I mean, Darius, you've been in this, you've been on the field in this game like, what, what do you make of this stuff? Like, do you, do you guys feel like you're going up against Goliath and you, you're this little, you know, David trying to throw stones at, at the big monster? I mean, I, I don't think you guys come off that way. I mean, we, nobody ever really 
season by his Goliath. You know, you go into a game thinking you're fighting Goliath, typically you're going to get beat down, you know. Um, I mean, obviously last year uh, I was uh, I was able to go out and play. This year I'm not just trying to do what I can from the sidelines and in the meetings and stuff like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, respectfully, um, I think Michigan State as a program is all about respect, you know. I think we fight, we, we fight, we compete for respect, and we respect everybody. We don't disrespect anybody. You know, um, shoot, shoot, coaches don't even let us talk trash, really. You know, it's, it's just all about the product that you're putting out on the field, you know, how hard you're playing, competing, and stuff like that. So, at the end of the day, you know, and I wish I could be out there and I could play and help my teammates and do everything that I could, but um, it's, a, it's about what you're doing on the field, you know, the action. The action. I mean, like X said, you know, of course people are going to talk about it. You know, it's at the end of the day, football, for everybody that's not playing, and it's entertainment. You know, that's why the NFL is a business. So people are going to talk about it. People have their own opinions. Um, like I said before, it's not about, you know, other people's opinions. It's just about us handling our business, you know, doing what we need to do on the field, in the classroom, just life, you know. So. I think that, you know, these, especially these two dudes right here, and then, you know, my boys, uh, we're preparing, um, doing everything we need to do to put ourselves in the best position to put the best product on the field um, this Saturday. But at the end of the day, man, as for all the talk, you know, no matter what anybody's saying, you know, everybody has their opinions. Um, I say it's about the uniforms. You know, I'm a big uh, neon fan. Oh, no. But, <laughs> we'll uh, fight about that later. Everybody has their own opinions about everything. You know, that that's the world we live in, especially the world of social media. And, and I mean, I'll be on it because of my little design tip. So I see all that stuff, but you know, it's just, it's about the action. It's about the action. So I mean, talking you, is one thing, but it's about the action. Always about the action. I agree. I mean, but you mentioned, and I think you're right, that this program and, you know, prior to you guys, prior to talking, he's done a great job continuing it, has been based on respect and respect your opponent. And D'Antonio used to talk about, you know, we don't have to disrespect people. Do you feel that they respect you in this rivalry? That's, I mean, I don't, we don't really care whether they do or not, I don't think, is what I would say to that. Fair enough? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Indifferent, indifferent. Indifference, mm -hmm. fine. So I want to go into what the actual experience is like, because obviously Jacoby – Massive member of this team, but you haven't been in the game. I talked about it when I had Connor Hayward and Kenneth Walker in last year. Hayward had been in that game before multiple times, and obviously Ken had not. And Hayward was talking about, you know, sort of not coaching up, but just informing guys that are in their first rodeo, hey, like, you don't know what you're getting into. Obviously, Darius, you've been in this game. Xavier's been in this game. What is it like out there? It is a different atmosphere right especially mm -hmm. last year yeah yeah well I, me so me being from columbus um and i actually believe it or not i've said this before like i grew up a michigan fan honestly my dad was from detroit he was a michigan fan um but being from columbus i thought i would dislike ohio state more you know what i mean this i thought that game would be more emotional this and that um but no it, it's just everything coming with this game just and, you know what I mean? And Michigan, the the school down the road, they buy into it too. We buy into it. And my first game, uh, we're doing our little Spartan walk with Coach D and little freshman X. I'm on the other side though, and um, I just see the whole our, our whole walk is like back. I'm like, what's going on? And that's when Rashawn Gary and uh, Devin Bush was out there and whatnot. Guy like me, I would have just let the dude through, honestly. <laughs> Especially freshman X, I would have just. <laughs> 
unlocked and let the just let him I go. I hope uh, the older dudes don't get mad at me for saying that, but I just let the dude do, through. Whatever, whatever happened, that's cool. I wasn't mad until he started tearing up the field. I'm like, yo, what's going on here? And you know what I mean. That's when it really kicked in. Like we played it before the game. They ended up winning that game my freshman year. Um, but he tearing the field up. I'm like, dang, you know. And, and so that's when it really kicked in for me. Um, and you can really feel it out on the field. Um, but it, it starts with the environment, you know, with the talk of the game, you know, and the social media hype, entertainment hype of it. You are aware of that stuff. I mean, you mentioned that you had played the Rashawn Gary thing in the locker room, you know, right after it happened. And that that stuff is present, right? I mean, whether it's Michigan or anybody, if that, that type of thing happens, you guys seem to be aware of it. I mean, your press conference kind of proves that. I mean, you came out lobbing bombs. Yeah, it's hard not to be, you know. If I, I wish I could unplug, you know, but especially being a college athlete, you know, trying to make a buck here and there, you know what I mean? It's important to have, like, a social media um, and, and kind of stay connected, honestly. So it's hard not to see the stuff. Um, it feels up to me that I'd have a little flip phone, you know what I mean? I'd be out the way as much as I could, but – I'm trying to make a little buck here and there, so I got to be around, sure. you know what I'm saying? The I, the thing I'm curious about, this is maybe more of a fan thing. I don't know if it's – maybe it's not. The fans seem to think that the night game element of this really matters in some direction. Some people think it helps Michigan. Some people say it helps Michigan State. Emotions tend to be higher, at least in my anecdotal experience, going – is that something players give a shit about? Did you see that come out at 7.30 and it's like, all right, night game, or is it just like whatever, noon, 4.30, 7.33, doesn't matter? Me, me personally, I mean, and like I said, I'm not out there this year, unfortunately, but uh, and I think I can speak for the rest of my teammates too. You know, ball is ball at the end of the day. You know, whether you play it at midnight or 10 in the morning, you know, ball is ball. Um, you know, we're preparing the same way. Um, you know, we sleep. Uh, on the same schedule, everything's adjusted. Like all the preparations that we go into it, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, you're still playing in front of the same amount of people in front of you and on TV. You know, it's it's just it's just ball. Ball is ball. I think that goes for everybody else too. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, coming from a Mountain West, you know, conference, you know, all our games was pretty much 7:30 p.m. or mm. pretty late, like 8:30. We might play in Hawaii's 12 p.m. game, so. Um, I had the luxury of just, you know, experiencing that, you know, the the day-to-day process of, you know, preparing for a game and playing that late. So um, I, I personally feel like it don't matter what time of the day um, you play the game because if you a real ball player, it don't matter where or when, you know, you should always be ready. So, you know, that's how I look at it. Does the home thing matter really? Because I've argued normally home field advantage is massive. I just haven't seen it matter much in this rivalry. Part of it is, even in their house, you're going to have 25 to 30% Michigan State fans. That's been sort of the average, I would say, just eyeballing the green and white in the crowd. I just, I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. I just don't think it matters all that much where this game is played. Is that safe? I mean, you've, you've seen both venues yeah. in your case. Yeah. So. Um, me personally, I like away games. I mean, I love obviously playing in front of the, the fans at Spartan Stadium, but. I kind of feed off of the energy from other fans, you know, yelling at me. Um, I know some of the guys feel it. Don't you think? Nah, bro, I mean, I love away games. Um, you you prefer uh, road I, games? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's, it's fun to play in Spartan Stadium. And last year, my dad, before the game, he was like, this is probably going to be the biggest game of your life. Mm-hmm. And it, it was loud. I enjoyed it. Um, but I love road games. You go back and look at my career. Um, really, last year is like my coming out year. The 
two biggest best games that I played personally were on the road, you know. So I love road games. You you go out there, you get booed, you know, you make a play, you celebrate mm-hmm. with your teammates, though. You're celebrating with your brothers, everybody else bad, yelling at you, but you know you're happy with your dogs, your homeboys. And that's really why you play the game, you know, to enjoy it, to have fun with your boys, you know, your family, your brothers. So that's like that that brotherhood, that bond that you form and that really comes out during the road games, can't beat it. But definitely do love Spartan Stadium though. Yeah. That, that's that's one of the times. Yeah, it's a different animal. Yeah. I mean I mean you were in totally different environments obviously out west. I don't know if like what's sort of the West equivalent uh, anything you'd see at U of M? I mean, I don't know that they're the most vicious fan base, but just in terms of sheer volume, there's so many. I, I mean, what was your sort of toughest environment out there that you remember on the road? Um, I probably have to say when we went to Arizona State and mm. we played Arizona State there, mm. um, they was pretty, you know, loud. You know, it was a great environment, a great day to play football. But for the most part, you know, you got to feed off that type of stuff. So. Um, for me, I, I fed off the noise. You know, I fed off making the crowd, you know, quiet down. So um, that's something that, you know, I, I like most about road games because they give you that chance to, you know, the crowd might be loud and then you make a play, they're not too loud no more. So, you know, that's what I like the most about it. I mean, anytime you beat Michigan, especially on the road, it's wonderful, obviously, especially as a Michigan State Spartan. But I, I got to think this year, it would be a little bit extra, right? Because, again, we've talked about it. People are not giving you guys a shot. I am because I am old enough to remember multiple times when no one gave us a shot and we won. Yeah. Most recently, 2020. Yeah. Michigan State is an underdog every single year in this game. Mm-hmm. Literally every single year, the last 15, 16 years in a row, they're on a run of being the underdog. And it's it's 10 out of 14. Was I mean, this, underdog in 2014? What's that? There was an underdog in 2014 when we had. Uh, maybe it was a one-year exception. Maybe it was 14 out of 15. It's it's virtually always though. I mean, last year underdog at home, 2015 it was like a seven-point spread. Even though Michigan State was undefeated, the Jalen Watch Jackson game, yeah. Michigan State's undefeated coming in six and zero. Michigan's five and one. Didn't matter. It was like a seven-point spread. Mm-hmm. Just the vast majority of time, Michigan State's the underdog in this. I had and this one is not even close. I mean, you guys are up in the 20s. I know you guys don't pay attention to that, but. You're not being given a chance. You guys have said you think you can pull this off. It's not even David versus Goliath. I got to think the stakes are a little bit higher than even average in this one, right? I mean, just Mm -hmm. the opportunity, because you're going to shut a lot of people up if you pull it off. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, the 2020 game, um, mind you, they had only played one game and we had lost to Rutgers, you know. Uh, but like, like they knew for sure we weren't gonna win that game, and that just man, it was COVID. COVID was a crazy year. No, no fans were there, so it was just a weird feeling. Twenty four point underdog. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a weird, bigger than it is now. But we had a good time in the locker room. That was a fun game. Honestly, fun game. it's crazy when like just playing in COVID, you know, and like there's no fans. It's all your own energy, but it's you and the other team going at it. It was a weird situation, but it was a fun game, um, and definitely fun to bring home the win. But yeah, I mean, you know, we're used to being underdogs as, you know, being at Michigan State. Um, hopefully one day it's going to change, you know what I mean? But there's a, we, we kind of like it right now, honestly. Mark D'Antonio has spoken to this a couple times about this game in particular. Let, he, he used the metaphor letting the lion out of the cage at the right time and trying to get the team in the locker room to peak at the right time and not get them too revved up too early, but don't wait too too long to sort of turn it on and flip the switch. 
How is this being managed emotionally? I don't even care about the schematics. I don't care about five wide. I don't care about that stuff. <laughs> I don't care about blitz packages. Just the emotion, because Tucker talks about it endlessly, the mindset, and we talked about the MOAD stuff. How is this being handled emotionally? How has it been handled emotionally in the past? Because he is 2-0 and against this program. What's sort of your experience with the emotional management from Tucker and his staff? I, <laughs> I mean, anyone can speak to that, yeah. I can't speak on it too much because y'all, y'all yeah. been around them more and around this more. But, um, I mean, for the most part, since I've been here, uh, the emotional part of it is just, you know, staying, you know, intentional focus, um, relentless focus in everything we do. So um, we really just been focused on us, man. So like I said before, so um, it's not really too much to say. It's more of, you know, you just got to go out there and show it. Because, you know, you got everybody talking from each way. So it's all about what you go do when you get on the field and the pads on. Yeah. When Hayward was in here last year, he talked about Tucker and he explained it that it's like a job. I mean that and he was saying it as a compliment. Like it's just yeah. a, like you're it's like it's like a job. Like you're ex, you're expected to behave like a professional. Is that a fair assessment? Do you agree I, with him? I think um and I mean this like like I said and I'm I'm kind of in the rehabitual stage uh for me personally. But like the entire like program, especially with the renovations, everything that's going on, you know, everything's treated like the perfect like the NFL. Like that's how he runs it. You know, the practices uh, the meals, everything that we're doing, he's trying to make it how they do professionally, and he wants us to act like professionals. Uh, and that's on the field, and that's in the classroom. Same thing, you know, handle hand your business, essentially. Um, obviously, he comes from the Saban coaching tree. Uh, some great coaches. Uh, there's a quote uh, that kind of goes off of you talking about emotions that he kind of um, – he doesn't say all the time, but that's just kind of how he rolls, how he operates. And, and Nick Saban said it actually. He said, you want guys to play with emotion – but you don't really want them to be emotional because that's when you get emotional, you make bad decisions, you know, that makes sense. Oh, for so sure. So it's about everybody, like you, all the preparation that you do. And that's the thing about football that's a little different than basketball. You know, you, you practice and do the same stuff over and over again for a week and then you play a game. Basketball, you know, you play more games and, and the preparation is a bit less, a bit shorter and all that, so that goes into it. But everybody, like at the end of the day, come when it's time to play and you're out there on the field, like you know what to do. And, you know, you want to have a passion. Like, you see dudes make a play, they get up, they yell, and they scream. Like, you want to play with passion. You want to, you know, put everything you got into it. But you can't play emotional, if that makes sense. Like, you can't get, like, overrun by your emotions, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. What's, like, what's the difference, if any, with the preparation, again, of the emotional side of it now versus playing Wisconsin or playing anybody else? I mean, we all know the game is more important. You know, no one runs from that. But is it basically the same process? Is there any noticeable difference with how you're prepared from the coaching staff perspective? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, the one thing we talk about the game, Coach Tucker, like today he um, gave us a rundown of like the history of the game, the history of the Paul Bunyan trophy, trophy and the history of Michigan State coming into the Big Ten and this and that, you know, and I think that's a good thing for him to uh, share with us and good education for us. Um, but no – we know maybe it's a little bit more fine attention to detail and you know but um but with all that emotion it's not really too much before the game until coach tucker does a good job like with his pregame speeches getting us going honestly he, he's pretty good at that um i think it's one of his best ones was um we, northwestern for the covid year we had won that game we were all riled up before right before that game um but he does a good job um you know with, with his pre he, he gets us going pretty good
Yeah, I, I mean, not just you guys. Like, yeah, Twitter, MSU Twitter is ready to go through a wall when yeah. the football account shares his stuff. I mean, yeah. it's I. He is he is a movie coach with that stuff. Like honestly, he is he's like out of uh, Remember the Titans or like pick pick your football movie. Honestly, yeah. like with the fiery coach, like he's just the man, and he does make the fans want to go through a wall. I can't imagine actually being like strapped in and ready to go. Um, just the the general attitude, you guys seem quietly focused that's that's what i've heard up there you know from uh, my contacts up there and everyone says it's it's kind of quiet you know i've been asking uh, i've been particularly interested in the bye week aspect does it matter does it not matter and i, I it doesn't seem to be I mean, it's, it's extra time obviously but it doesn't really change much with your preparation you just have more downtime before and i i just think you guys seem to be in this sort of quiet confidence laying low it's the complete opposite of the other side, and I think we've demonstrated that. I want to talk a little bit about last year, and Jacoby might get bored and like text his girlfriend or something. Because uh, <laughs> this is this is a little bit more self indulgent because I'm honestly just curious. Mm-hmm. Darius said he enjoyed the game last year. I was at the game last year. No aspect of that was enjoyable until Bradley <laughs> had the interception. I was miserable the yeah. entire game. I'm glad you guys had fun. I didn't have fun. I did not have fun until Brantley did the the one-handed grab to end it, uh, which was just awesome. That is the most tense regular season game I can I can remember. I, it was one of the best objective games of the year on the national scale. It made every you know, Fox, ESPN's top five list. Some had a two, four. It was one of the five best games in all of football that season. What was the atmosphere like? I mean, you guys were in that game. What was the atmosphere like on the field? Were the guys chirping back and forth? Uh, what was that like out there? I didn't really hear much talking. You heard a lot. I, I, I was a little bit. Well, not that much. It wasn't um, really that much talking. I mean, there was more talking the COVID year yeah. than there was last yeah, year. Yeah, because you had to make your own noise the COVID year. Essentially. Um, <laughs> played a bunch of cardboard me cutouts. And the, um, I, me and the tight end were talking a little bit. Um, Eric, oh, he's pretty good. I don't, I don't, I think he's hurt, unfortunately. Um, but that was really mostly it. Just meeting tight end a little bit, talking back yeah. and forth. But other than that, it wasn't really much trash talk. It was pro- definitely the craziest game I've been a part of. Facts. The only other time I've heard the stadium that loud is my freshman year when Michigan came and played us. Um, and Raekwon Williams punched, fumbled the ball out of uh, the running back's hands. It was like a 14-7 game. And, or it was, might have been 14-0, and we ended up scoring right after that. Um, that was like maybe the second loudest I've heard it from outside of last year. I visited that one. Oh, really? When I was a recruit. What was the vibe down 16? I mean, obviously, yeah. you wasn't that depressed because you came back. But, like, what, what were you guys saying to each other? Were you not saying anything? What was, what was yeah. kind of going on there? Um, me personally, I really – the one when uh, Peyton had got sacked and they caught it back from the fumble – that wouldn't hurt a little bit, but we talk about it a lot, you know, being trying to stay neutral. I really didn't even realize we were down so much, honestly, till uh, after the game when I looked and watched the film and whatnot. And, like, I remember they scored their last touchdown. They got 33 points. And I look, I'm like, dang, they got, wouldn't they get 33 points on this? <laughs> um, but sometimes, especially in a big game like that, you know what I mean, when the environment's crazy, I really didn't pay attention to that scoreboard like that, honestly. I, I mean, me personally, uh, and you hear it all the time, but I think like the keep chopping thing is it's, it's really like a, it's like a, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's a mindset. It's more of like a lifestyle. You know, he says chop life. That's what it is. 
You know, I mean, I think what was it? There was thirty three sixteen. So I mean, yeah, yeah, you were down. You were down sixteen points. Down sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we were we were down by a little bit. In the second half, too. I mean, it was late, late. late. And then being on the sideline, like you get your adjustments, and then watching Ken go off. You know what I mean? You know, I think Ken go off, and then I remember the the biggest play I think of that game. People don't talk about Jaden's like fourth and four. Fade route catch. Yeah, um, I can't believe that. I, that you know, thing, play it was I couldn't believe that. that. Four, he that slot on, fade. On a really good player too. Yeah, Dax. Really Dax, Dax Hill. He was really good. Yeah, NFL player. player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just think that personally, you know, just you know, the the thing about chop is like you know you don't ever chop down a tree. And at once, you know, it's, you keep chopping at the same spot. And I think that we all just kept doing what we needed to do, you know, trust the process and it all worked out in the end. Um, defensively, just small gains, uh, small wins, you should say. Uh, offensively, Ken got going. Um, like uh, X said, that uh, fades, Jaden really helped us. Uh, Trey, had a, two, Trey had a nice two-point two point conversion. conversion. Mm. Um, then uh, Jaden had one okay. of the tie later on. Kobe talking about, mm-hmm. you know what we're talking about, Kobe? Yeah, yeah I watched a little of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I must have told That was the most televised yeah. game. Yeah, so guys out west back. Yeah. It was a top five game. It was We was in my now, facility now. watching the game. Right. Right. I, t- I, t- I tell you for sure, that, that was a lot. I'd never been in some as loud as that. Uh, maybe when I was watching my dad's games when I was a kid. Yeah. Everything was loud back then. But Penn you know. State, man, it's going to be crazy. I'll tell you what, we was in Penn State at the... The COVID year and yeah. the speakers were so loud. Oh. They was playing Obama. Oh, they're yeah. very the speakers loud. Speakers were so yeah, they should, loud. Like, you could feel you the could, vibrations. The, the, everything was shaking. So mm-hmm. I, I can just imagine what it would be like. Hopefully, uh, I can travel and go see that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a that's uh, a. I've been there twice. That environment's wild. I, did they have man. fans in twenty twenty there? Uh, I no, know their speakers no, are like. No, I mean, they put money cutouts. behind that. Yeah, yeah. That's we got to we got to upgrade loud. our system, but that's another story. They did. They did. I thought. Did they? It's safe, I don't safe. know. What's Can't up, tell. Bro. Get I'm a new guy. What's up? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I heard they upgraded. I heard they them, did, but, but yeah. I, well, I don't know. They, nah, you got to get yeah. some of that. Uh, it should be a money. I thought that. it was going to be the Penn State speakers. So you got to like, upgrade yeah, the upgrade. Yeah. We got yeah. a nice stadium, and it's on, it's on nice the come. But I mean, I was told that game actually didn't count last year because you, <laughs> you guys cheated Michigan out of the win because uh, Thorne Shin wasn't down, right? Or was down, right? That was the. We, we, yeah, you, so you guys actually you should probably apologize to Michigan for stealing that. I remember that. That was, <laughs> no, that, that was pandemic? No, no that, that was last, last year. year. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shin down versus not shin down. And yeah, he, he, he was, Peyton was on the show sitting in the chair. You're in Jacoby now saying, yeah. The rule says if my shin's down, it's like my knee down. My shin was down, and Facts. that was it. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you listen to the Michigan fans, it was not just debatable. It was clear his shin wasn't down. It's like, yeah. shin's fucking down. But I, whatever. I mean, maybe you'll hold on to your 16-point lead, and you know, it won't be such a problem. Mm. I mean, when, you're, when you're out there, you know, they're driving, they're at midfield. Mm. That game felt like a coin flip to me. I did, I had no idea what to think. I didn't think we were going to lose or win. I, I it's, the world was just kind of caving in on me. What are you thinking during that last drive before Brantley oh. makes that play? Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. People didn't see it. I got messed <laughs> I, up by um, their wide on number six Johnson is his last name. Cornelius. Cornelius Johnson. On the last play? Um, not the last play. Um, maybe like two plays before that, and I'm guarding him and like. Kind of our, our kind of matchup coverage. He hit me with a nice move, and he I, he was open, open. Like he wouldn't have scored, I don't think, but he would have got to field goal range at least. Um, 
but shoot, you know, that's how football works, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the pass rush might have got there, actually. Um, and then I remember, I forget what formation they were in for the last play. We called our coverage. It was like cover two. Um, and I, I knew the tight end was kind of going to run a seven. And I swear, in my head, he threw the ball. I was like, oh, I'm going to pick it. <laughs> but I am being kind of late to it. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'll just break this up. And then Chuck came out of nowhere. And you can see me, like, from one of the camera angles. I'm just taking a knee. Like, thank God, Chuck. Just call. I'm so tired, bro. <laughs> thank God this it game's was... over. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't play it, but I, I was on my knee Emotional. saying how tired I was, yeah. too, actually. So I felt like I was in the game. I don't know. Like, the... I, I still don't know what to make of that game. It just it felt there were so many twists and turns. The big thing to me is the McCarthy stuff. There's controversy whether McNamara was in the tent. That still hasn't been resolved really in one way or the other. But going into that game, you're in a different situation now. You know McCarthy's the guy. There's no controversy. But like the two quarterback thing, is that something you guys addressed last year? Like, hey, here's what McCarthy does. Here's what McNamara does. Because they were using McCarthy a couple plays every single game up to that point and again against you is that like something you guys discussed uh we discussed it i mean obviously last year was kind of two quarterback thing now it's one uh last year we knew that mcnamar he he threw it um it's more of like a traditional quarterback uh he could run it if he needed to and he did um we knew that mccarthy was more mobile and he would run it but i mean other than that they kind of ran the offense the same way other than that really minor difference um, so we didn't really pay too much attention to it last year because they really were like the same. They used them the same way. Um, just McCarthy was more mobile and they ran it with him a bit more. Yeah. You always kind of, um, we always kind of, anytime, you know what I mean, they they bring another quarterback on purpose, you always game plan for it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? The the last thing I want to say before we move to our speed round and then we'll get you guys uh, well rested and back to East Lansing because uh, I do not want to be responsible for your <laughs> fatigue uh, this nice. week of all weeks. But the, the mm. Kenneth Walker stuff, that's sort of around, particularly with the cynics of this program. I'm curious. I mean, again, I feel bad, Jacoby, because I'm ex- excluding you again, but it's not on purpose. <laughs> no, you're, I mean, good, you're one of the five best players in the country on your side of the ball. But does the, <sighs> does the dismissal of last year bother you guys if you've seen that? Because I've been told repeatedly, okay, last year was a magical miracle year, and uh, Mel Tucker should give 25% of his extension <laughs> to Ken Walker, and that's the only reason – does, do you feel diminished or does that bother you that people say, oh, that was all canine? I mean, we played a little bit of that in the clip. Walker's gone. Uh-huh. Last year was a fluke beyond that. Does that bug yeah. you at all? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, that's people looking at the headlines. And, I mean, obviously Ken was a great player. One Probably top top five best, you know what I mean, performances throughout the year in the country last year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's 11 guys on the field. You know, people aren't mentioning Speedy Naylor. You know what I mean? When Speedy made – Speedy, what? Speedy went off that Rutgers game. And, Facts. You know, you just look at the games and obviously not taking anything away from Ken. But, like, shoot, we played Nebraska. I don't know if we had – we might have had 100 yards rushing. You know, well, the Nebraska defense. You know what probably I mean? the best game plan for Ken. Um, you know, we had to find a way. Indiana, yeah, he was stymied. Yeah, Indiana did a really good job of bottling our run up. Um, honestly, that Rutgers game, he did pretty good. He had that crazy run, obviously, but other than that, he didn't really get too loose that game. And but you know, it's a couple different things. So that's also people, you know, when we get to take the top off, that's even though Ken's not getting off like that, it's um they're get they're paying attention to him, you know. Um, 
But it's other players. Kevin Jarvis on the O-line, A.J. Curry, Connor Hayward was out there blocking his tail off. So, Facts, come on now. Hey, yeah. Hayward made multiple yeah. huge plays throughout yeah, the year. Nah, yeah. I mean, I mean. Come on now. So, like, you look at it, bro. I mean, first off, the offensive line did really well. Cap did a great job with him. Uh, like you said, the tight ends blocked well. Ty and Connor and all those guys, they, talk, they blocked really well. Um, I, th- I just think that our offense was really clicking on all cylinders. And, I mean, obviously, Ken coming in. That's my guy. I love Ken. Um, yeah, the nicest kid, bro. <laughs> the nicest kid. That's fast. my guy. We were talking about that before the show. How he's, You would never <laughs> guess yeah. he's arguably the best player to ever play in this program. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, certainly on offense anyway. Great player. Love Ken. And I mean, obviously, he did his thing, and Matt, the whole offense did their thing, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, uh, people, people, people talk about the past and stuff. You know, I mean, that was last year. Um, you know, we're preparing to do our best this year, uh, but last year definitely was something to remember. You know, uh, great performance, uh, resiliency across the board, offense and defense, and it's definitely something when you look back on it, you'd be proud of it. Before we jump to the speed on, Jacoby, I do want to ask you one thing about the transfer process. What is the pitch when you enter the portal? Because you were coveted. You were a, a dynamic player for UNLV. You were well-respected at your position. You were on every list for one of the top guys available. What's sort of the Mel Tucker pitch, or did you talk to Hazleton? Like, what was the pitch to Jacoby Winman to come to East Lansing? What was the pitch, That's Kobe? a good question. What was the pitch, Kobe? I kind of want to know that. Was, who, they want to know, your host? Yeah. Who was your host, Kobe? I mean, well, this guy, he was my host. Oh, that's so. why you're here. Yeah. Darius. Oh, he was one of the reasons why, you know, I came here. You know. I, what was Darius's pitch? How about that? We'll start I there. mean, he, he kept it real, man. What did you I know? tell you, Kobe? I mean, he, I don't remember exactly <laughs> what he said. But I told Kobe, it, was, gotta say, it can, worked. That's all I you got to know. I said you can make, and I'll let, you, I'll let you explain it, but I just said what you want out of this is what you, what you earn out mm-hmm. of this, and you can come earn that here. As, as all, I just told what it really is. Yeah. But you can elaborate on that, though. Bro. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, he kept it real, man. You know, I spent, like, you know, one or two days with him. You know, I was able to see what type of guy he was, the type of character he holds. Um, I asked him, like, serious questions, like, how the locker room, you know, how's the guys, how's the coaches, and, you know, he just kept it real with me. So um, he just kind of gave me, like, that blueprint of what it was, and then, um, you know, I trusted his word. You know, um, you know, I was able to talk to the coaching staff, talk to Coach Tuck. You know, we got Coach Brandon Jordan over here as well, part of the deal. So, um, it was kind of like a no-brainer, man. Like, uh, you know, he they um they told me this is like, you know, you got a chance to come in here, make a difference immediately. You know, Coach Tuck told me that he said you just got to work hard, you got to do your job, and you know, you you'll get what you want, but. If you don't come here and work hard, do your job, then you're not gonna get what you want. So he, he kind of just kept it real. I mean, you know, the pitch was just kind of like, you know, come here and do what you do best, and uh, you're gonna be successful. And um, you know, uh, he just do a great job of just you know putting you know us in positions to you know make plays and you know be the best version of ourselves that we could be on and off the field. So um, you know, he's a great guy, man. I, I respect Coach Tuck. And uh, I respect the rest of the coaching staff who we got behind them. And uh, I couldn't ask for a better, you know, opportunity that, that I am in right now. You know, God bless. I mean, do you understand uh, the the gravity of what you've done this year to where you have tied yeah. the conference record, uh, the individual record, for conference player of the week on the defensive side of the ball? And you are one performance away. you got several games to do it. If you do it one more time, you're going to have sole possession of that record for the most times winning defensive player of the week in the conference. This is a conference with 
Charles Woodson in its history, a Heisman Trophy winner, linebacker, U Penn State the last 30 years. Do you understand the gravity of, of what you've already done? Even if you don't win it again, you're tied for the record. Yeah. You're one game away from all the great defensive players in this conference, all the Ohio State cornerbacks going in the top 10. You're in that club already. You're one week away from standing alone. Does that resonate with you, or is that just kind of fan stuff? Yeah, I mean, man, it's honestly, man, it's a blessing to be in the position I'm in right now, you know. But um, it, it all started with hard work and dedication. You know, I couldn't, you know, thank the people that I'm surrounded with enough, you know, for helping me get to this position, you know, from, you know, the janitors, to my teammates, you know, the nutritionists, Larry. Uh, you know, the, um, the weight room coaches, uh, coaching staff, you know, everybody that just helped me, you know, help us get in the position we're in. So, uh I, I honestly haven't really sat back and actually thought of it like that because, like, you know, I'm I'm all about just playing ball, man, and, you know, everything else is just to take care of itself afterwards. So, uh, you know, when you put it in that perspective, it, it kind of gives me something to think about at night, but at the same time, um, you know, you got to have, like, that 24-hour that rule, you know, that's – it was a good, you know um, – award to get or it was it's something good going for me but uh you got to kind of forget it because that's the kind of world we live in you know you do something good it's like you got to forget it you got to live in the moment you know so uh that's what i'm just all about just living in the moment you know being the best version of myself i could be for myself and my teammates it's an incredible thing that you've done in half a season that mm -hmm. you've already tied this record and just what's we saw with ken walker last year you guys are i mean ken walker was the poster guy for coming to Michigan State to transfer, he's got to, like, slide over and make room for you on the poster. We got, like, one on each side of the ball. Because, again, this is a conference with linebacker you, Charles Woodson, Ohio State putting cornerbacks in the top ten, and, and you're just in – you're already in this rarefied air. You're one good game away from being alone. I just – yeah, my hat's off to you, man. I'm seriously – I've loved what you've done this year, and you're a blast to watch. You're, you're kind of a, a jerk out there in the best way. Like, you're just a pain in the ass to play against. I would hate to be against you, and – it's, I just, you know, not to fan geek out on you, but I've really enjoyed your game and watching you play, and I'm really happy. I don't know what Darius told you beyond what he mentioned, <laughs> but whatever sales pitch he, he gave you, man, I mean, maybe we'll give him the assist, but uh, it's honestly been great to have you. Man, I appreciate that, man. Appreciate well, man. it for real, my guy. <laughs> well, well, well deserved. So let's, let's wrap here with the speed round. So uh, basically, a little similar to word association, you know, one one to three sentences. Kind of talk as long as you want. We'll just rip it around clockwise. Ben, uh, let's get let's get it going here. Let's fire up the speed round. All right, Jacoby, right back to you. I'm going to start with this pregame playlist. I mean, you don't have to give me the whole the whole rundown, but. In general, you listening to Mozart, you listening to Nas. What are you rocking, kind of in general before the game? What's what's piping to those headphones? Yeah, NBA young boy all day, cause you know he get me in that mode, and I ain't even gonna lie, man. Sometimes I might I might put on a little uh, Michael Myers theme song and listen to it just to get me in that mindset. Kobe, that's Myers? Kobe. That's man, what Kobe yeah, did. Really? Yeah, Kobe did do that. Yeah. I, that's who I got it from. A little Michael Myers theme song just to get me in that mindset to go out there. You know, just destroy my opponent, and you know, and, and still do my job in the in the midst of it. So, uh, I gotta go with uh, NBA Young Boy, the Michael Myers theme song. Yeah, the, I mean, the Halloween theme song would be a great one for this weekend because it's Halloween weekend yeah. in Ann Arbor, which is we all know is a lot better in East Lansing for obvious reasons that we won't get into. But uh, still, yeah, very very good answer. I love the Kobe 
tribute is just awesome. And that, uh, that is a that's awesome jam. Darius, what, what do you got? I listen to like a variety of stuff, um, all the way from like kind of old school stuff. I listen to Hove and uh, in terms of the new school guys, more so like the, the more upbeat Kendrick stuff. Like the Pimp Butterfly, stuff like that, Mad City, things like that. Um, and then like the, the stuff you hear in like beats commercials, like the alternative kind of music, the stuff that's like, you know, you put your headphones in, you just sit in there, you can't hear nothing but the music, stuff that kind of gets you in the zone. So different things. It ranges. I got a playlist that kind of has both and just goes from song to song. That Kaepernick commercial with I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the mm, man off the bus in Seattle. It's like one of the five like best commercials yeah, of the yeah. decade. So I'm with you. A lot of Hosier, actually. Oh, all right. All right. Who? Oh, the thing we were talking about? Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Yeah. I, you liked it? Someone else mentioned I, on this show. I can't remember. I, I remember that was a thing at some point. But X, what are you listening to? Um, young boy. Um, but really this year, I lost I lost my headphones. So I really had to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, had, I used to have some spe- like sunglasses that had speakers on them. Like I bought them from Best Buy for no reason. <laughs> I lost them. A bowl game gift card. With a charger. So this year, I've just been in the locker room chilling, like messing around with the other <laughs> really dudes. Sometimes if I get too serious, I play myself out the game. So I just got to stay loose. Yeah, you know fair enough. Fair enough. Loose and focused, baby. Wait, is there, is there like a DJ in the locker room? Like, like a de facto DJ? Or is there music even playing in the locker room? What's the... Nah. Um, you guys know some people don't. like silence. So yeah, you gotta, have, you gotta have headphones on. We talk like coaches. And coaches I've had, like my high school coach, was telling me, like, you know, what I mean, if you're playing music, keep it at low volume because everybody gets ready for a game a different way. So yeah, you don't really disrespect Fair. nobody's game. So I'm gonna. This is a tribute to my good friend Odell Bredham Jr., who would definitely want me to ask this question. Former guest on this show, great kid. Kaden Hauser, from <laughs> from what I'm told, was yeah. getting some first team reps just with the injury okay. situation, the thorn, you know, a couple weeks ago. What do you make of Kaden Hauser? Obviously, I know you're all defensive players, but you know you're seeing him out there. Start obviously Jacoby going clockwise. What, what do you make of young Kaden Hauser? Oh man, he's a great football player, and he's even a better person. You know, for the most part, you know, when he first came in, you know, it was, I I was actually hearing rumors that he memorized the whole playbook within like a week. The whole offensive playbook, so yeah. you know that's that's a talent. You know that's not too many people that could do that. So uh, uh, he's a great player on the field. You know I was able to um, play against him. You know a little fall camp reps going against Cheddar. So uh, you know he made great decisions. Um, I think he's a great dude off the field, and you know I just um, think overall, man, he's 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 a guy. You know I, I think he got a bright future ahead of him. Uh, retweeted what Kobe said. You know. <laughs> retweet. Uh, great, media. great, great player. Um, even better person. Uh, really nice kid. Um, came in like he said. He said he had a photographic memory, and I, I, I do too. And I always mess with X about that. Um, but uh, I, that was impressive to me, especially you know he retained it well, and he showed it. Um, but I think really like we we have three good really good quarterbacks you know you gotta throw some credit in there to Noah Kim too that's my guy so I mean I right. think that's my guy for uh, sure. I think all all both of those guys of Peyton unfortunately were to go down could um handle their own weight but uh Caden's is definitely a great kid love to do he was 17 when he was on our show the guy's like 57 years old in yeah. Seoul really like, smart I mean, just really smart really smart, smart yeah. mature I couldn't. I mean, I knew he was young, obviously being an incoming freshman, but he was he was young even for this class. And it's like, Jesus, man, I was not as put together at 17. What, what yeah. do you make of Kate next? Yeah, um, I like Kate. Like, I just mess with it. Like, so the freshman, and I try to make it a point to where I, I usually say what's up to everybody. You know what I mean? I try to be cool with everybody and get to know everybody. Um, 
but it's hard to sometimes because I'm 23. I'm getting old, man. And when you're so much older than some of the young freshmen, it's like you don't really connect with them that well sometimes. But like Caden's kind of like me and him have a little thing. I'm like Caden, like X, flip his hair or something. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I like Caden. Um, and when it comes to on the field, um, it's good. He was Caden the one you picked off two times in a row during practice. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Caden. <laughs> um, because he's gonna resent the, that remark, yeah, yeah. because it brings oh me around to say I remember Peyton. When Peyton first got here, his first day here in summer, we were on seven on. First picks up the ball. This is open. Josiah Scott picks six. Like you know what I'm saying. So it, it happens, you know. But yeah. when you're playing against like NFL caliber dudes, like these guys are, and Man, it's just job. funny. You know what I mean? Seeing yeah. them progress as they get older. Yeah, I mean, again, mentioning he was so young even yeah, for a freshman. So and, yeah, I've heard nothing but good stuff about him and loved him when he was on the show. So this is a little silly, but I always ask this because I'm just personally curious. Your teammate bodyguard. So if you're going out to the club, you know, on a, a bye week and it's not Michigan it's week and, or it's the off season, And, uh, you know, you, you guys are three famous guys. One of you guys are on crutches right now and Darius. You, you got to get protected. You got no weapons. Guys, no one's no going to fuck with this guy. Though. You feel yeah. safe going out with this guy. Who are you taking? Who's your first overall pick in the bodyguard draft among your teammates? I got to go with Maverick Hansen. That's <laughs> yeah, my guy. Because, man, he wasn't yeah. going to run through a wall, you know, for, for anybody on his team. And, you know, I, I even told him this myself. I said, man, like I was just watching him practice, you know, his work ethic is – is unbelievable. You know, he's a big guy. Um, he's he's caring for the ones that he loves. Uh, he's all about, you know, relationships and bonds with the, with his team. So uh, one time we was actually at practice, and I just seen him, like, really run through one of the scout guys. And I'm like, man, <laughs> man, I, I, I know I, if I get into a fight, man, I, somebody trying to join me, you got to be there for sure because I know you go, you go do what you got to do. He's like, oh, man, you already know I got your back, Kobe, every time. So I got to go with Maverick Hanson. There's uh, me, X, and KB have had this conversation <laughs> a few times. Uh, not about bodyguard, but if the world was in and who would be the dude that you would have. Same to, question, really. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, fight the zombies with or something like that. And everybody says Mav. Oh, so um, you're on the Mav train too? I think, I think everybody, I, I'd say either Mav or um, Chris Bogle. Mm. I think those two guys are yeah. two pretty scary guys yeah. um, that definitely yeah. could hold their own. Do you agree, X? Um, no, well, definitely. If it was zombies, I'd pick Mav for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, so I want to say he's not on the team. Jarvis last year, though, I got to oh, shout out to Jarv. Jarv and me and Jarv. So Kevin was like a like a dark humor type of like kind of Man. a serious dude, <laughs> a crazy. What is he doing? And like Jarv was kind of a jerk, and that's just a good thing sometimes for O lineman to oh, be yeah. a jerk. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Man. But Jarv really like like me and Jarv had a cool connection bro like i feel like me and him were really good friends and jarv would do something and the funny not expected one i would say for this year is chuck for real little brantley yeah as the bodyguard chuck Chuck loves bro chuck would do so much bro Bro, chuck loves contact he He loves oh i know but he's the most aggressive dude you wouldn't expect and chuck treats me like his big brother on it like he loves me, bro, and I love Chuck for real. Like he told me that he like, you know, X, I'll do anything for you. Like this and now you, just, the when I tackled Braylon Edwards on or Braylon Edwards, Braylon Allen on the goal line, 
I started talking a little chirping to him, you know, towards the end of the game. And then I didn't even see until after the game, Chuck right behind me, talking right behind me. And Chuck's always with me, bro. Like, whenever I'm into it with somebody on the field, Chuck's right behind me. He's aces with me for what he did. I mean, you guys saw the mural on the wall. I I actually did tackle Braylon Edwards on Twitter this morning, but that's a different story for a different day. I mean, again, that's sort of fish in a barrel. Let's finish here. The last one, Ben. Let's roll it. This is going to be – sort of uh, my indulgence as a long-term big picture guy. Yeah. The best Michigan State player we haven't seen yet. They're freshmen or they, they're redshirted or they're hurt or whatever. The mm. best player we haven't seen at all or has barely played. Who's going to be the best player a year from now, two years ago, that we don't really know about yet? Malik Spencer. You're, oh, you're jumping the line to say that. Yeah. Why, why do you say Malik? Just, Just wait. Malik Spencer. I was going to say the same thing. I'm not going to go with my guy, Malcolm Jones. Matt, yeah. my boy, Matt. They, yeah. they, we, um, we got some young bulls, but Malik, that's I would dog. say Malik because Malik really has his head on straight. He's been a little banged up. Um, but when he got here, he just – he's like – we would do one-on-ones and whatnot in the summer, like after seven on. And he's like, where's Jaden? Where's Jaden Reed at? I want to go against Jaden. Like Facts. every – Jaden, where's Keon at? You know what I mean? Like he's just a competitor. Um, and he was banged up, especially towards the beginning of the year, and he knew he wasn't going to play, but he's still in there, like, asking me questions, like, like about the game plan, like he was going to play. And that's something you don't see very often as a freshman. Um, from the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to tell about the O-linemen, especially at a young age, but a dude I really like is Christian Dooley, uh, or Big Dooley. Um, what's Christian's real name? Or, it's Christian. It's Christian, Christian is it Dooley's Dooley. last name? Yeah. I don't think Dooley's his last name. That's his last name. Big Dooley. Christian. <laughs> Big Dooley. Dooley. And I really like Dooley. He's a he's a good he really reminds Maybe me a lot Phillip, of yeah. my boy James Ohamba. Dooley, I lived sure. with James Ohamba and he transferred last year. Facts. Um Dooley's a more healthy James that came in with a little bit of an injury, unfortunately. But Dooley just brings energy all the time. He's a he's a scout alignment for us and he's always going at it with us and um just that type of stuff. I can tell. Like they want it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Facts. I'm, I'm writing every single name down when I watch the replay of this. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to have you guys. I know you got a lot going on. Not to cheapen you two. Darius, extra assist. Thank you for getting this together. And, you know, I had your phone number. I have not lost it despite whatever you desired. But uh, you, did a great, you did a great little graphic for us in the past. I did save your number, and you were facilitating this. And uh, sincerely appreciate it. And, and all you guys for coming out. Oh. At all, but especially given the circumstances this week. And I am going to get you out of here. We do do three-hour shows, not tonight. You guys go to bed, uh, tuck yourselves in. Appreciate you guys. Jacoby Women, Darius Snow, Xavier Henderson. Uh, honestly, an honor to have you guys. And I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday, win or lose. You know, you're Spartans, and uh, we love you guys, and we're behind you. And uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure. So go get some rest, and uh, we're, we're proud to have you in this program, all three of you. It's been a real pleasure for me. Thank sir, you so sir, much. Sir, man. Appreciate Go green. Go white. We'll see you guys. Yes, we'll be back on Thursday with the Michigan version of this show. Um, that guest list is still being hammered out, although we do believe Jalen Watch Jackson will be joining us again to offset the Mason Blue, but we try to be – I mean, this, you wouldn't know from the studio decor, but we try to be somewhat balanced. So Spiro Avenue Show, Justin Spiro, great job by Martin Scorsese. I mean, Ben Augusta, our producer with that intro, just dynamite. Spartan Nation, this is a big one. We're looking forward to it. And uh, don't take any shit from anybody. I mean, 10 out of 14. You don't have to take no nonsense off anybody. Go green. Love you guys. Spiro Avenue, we're out of here. See ya.